I have done it. <gasps> My research over many years, I have finally created the ultimate creature. Uh, th- wh- what is it you've created? The ultimate in desire. I, I, I need to know more. What, what, what have you done? The ultimate in attractiveness. Y- yeah? Beautiful in every way, desired by all, and completely unavailable on iOS as of this afternoon. Wait, wait, what? I have spliced the DNA of many creatures together to make a hybrid <gasps> of ram, goat, ibis, and rhino, and a male lion. I have created horny on May. <laughs> Fucking horny on Maine. Yes. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and do silly voices and skits and whatnot. How you doing this week? Prolonged screaming. Ah! But also enjoying the sunshine. I think the sunshine's been alright. Sunshine has helped, yeah. We're getting there. Everything will be normal again soon. Never again! Maybe. Never again! <laughs> well, shall we start this week as we always do with things we have played? What, what? have you played this week? Um, I have, I have, I have played through uh, Say No More. <gasps> I've also played through Say No More. Say No More? Yeah. Say, uh, this is no with an exclamation mark following it if you're trying say to find no. it. Say No More. What did you think of this? I enjoyed it. I yeah. was. I got about ten minutes in, and I admit I was a little bit worried it was going to be a bit one-trick pony. Yeah. So for anyone who's not seen anything about this, we'll talk about like the premise that the the trailers sort of showed off, which is that it it sort of is presented if it's, as if it's going to be a one-button game about shouting no at people, like ah, your boss wants you to work overtime. No, uh, and it seems like that's all there's going to be to it. And I agree with you. When I initially started playing, other than the, the, you know, there's that first little spell of it where it's like, okay, this is fun catharsis. And then there's a minute where it's like, okay, is this all there is? And definitely not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is two hours long, and I did not expect it to swing for the fences as hard as it did. It was a more confident narrative than I was anticipating. Mm-hmm. And it's all about confidence. Yeah, yeah. It's it's beautiful. It's heartwarming. I had a little cry at one point, which I did not expect. Just a little like, oh, that touched me. That's beautiful. Um, It's mechanically there's more to it than I expected. I think we can talk about that without spoiling anything. Um, there are different kinds of no you can use. You yeah. can do a furious note or a cull no. Or yeah. a weird no. Exactly, and there are different ways you can sort of pump up your nose. You can sort of laugh at someone before you say no. So you're like, ha ha ha, no. You can sarcastically clap at them. Yeah, you can sort of sarcastically nod like, oh, yes, mm, yes, yes, mm, no. Mm, mm, uh, but no. And, and a lot of these, like, they'll matter for some, you know, I guess you would call them boss encounters. Like, there will be yes. certain encounters that will require you to use the right combination of uh, setup and the correct kind of no. Mm-hmm. But generally... 
it's flavour. Mm-hmm. And I think that being able to control the flavour of your nopes does a lot to help it from feeling stale mechanically. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And sometimes it just you're, you're in bits where it just feels more appropriate to do a different kind of note. Yeah. And I'm, while I'm sure mechanically it doesn't matter in a lot of cases, there, there were nose nice to be able to go correct. This, yeah. should, this is this this requires a a, a cold no immediately. Yes. This this is this is this calls for a sort of lazy nah. This one is a furious no. Yeah. Um. So the the core premise at the start of the game is that you are in a world where the word no has been outlawed, mm. and that's is verboten. Yeah, and you 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 know you got a couple of things going on in your life. You're struggling with a roommate who keeps asking you to pay rent, and you uh, you don't really feel pay, up to pay all of the rent yes. rather than just pay yes. Rent. Uh, and apparently this has been going on a while, and you don't really feel like you can say no to them. Mm-hmm. And you've just started this new job, and everyone's like, "Oh, you'll work extra overtime, and you'll go do my work for me, won't you?" And big smiles on their faces expecting you to say yes. Mm. And um, I think the less we say about the specifics of it, the better in some regards. Because it it is a journey and I am glad I went in blind on it. That I went in unspoiled. The only thing I would say is to take the time to listen to what everyone is saying before you know them. Yes. Because there, there were, got to a point where in the beginning it was like, oh, I'd listen to a few people and then I'd sort of quickly note them. And then I just went on kind of a knowing spree. I mean, look, I think the game is set up in such a way where you can occasionally knowing spree, but just be aware you might say no. Be cautious of saying no without hearing people out sometimes. Yes, because there was one where they reacted in in a way after I like been on a bit of a no spree. I was like, "Oh, I've seen a thing in the background where you're sitting now, and you've reacted in a certain way." I wish I hadn't said anything. Uh, was this involving a letter? It looked like a letter, or maybe a yes. card. Yes. Okay. If you, yeah, there is a very sweet story you could have seen there. <laughs> it's 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 quite adorable. Yeah, I'm 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 probably gonna stream it again on Thursday, just as an excuse to play through it again. Yeah, it's a wonderful streaming game. I played it through on stream uh, on the day before we record this podcast, yes. and. I've never had such an enthusiastic and engaged chat as I did for this game. <laughs> um, towards the, the 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 end of the game, the sort of spirit bomb levels of everyone <laughs> doing their nose in the chat was quite something. No. Yeah, it's... Oh. This is a beautiful little two-hour game. Do it in one sitting. Mm-hmm. I will definitely come back and play this. Like, I think this is going to be one of those ones I'll come play, like, at least once a year. I'll come back and go, you know what? I could go for that again. Like, I, there, there's a couple of things I want to see. Uh, there was one thing I experienced, and I was like, if I just sit around and wait, I think something very specific is going to happen. Yeah. There's a f- but I was like, I'm not going to do that. And then there was another thing, obviously the thing I mentioned about that letter. Yeah. Uh, or, or card or whatever it was. And I was like, oh no. I have a few things I'm curious about, mm. if I could have done them differently. I mean, I've got all the way through the game and there's like, six, I think six or seven um, achievements to get. Yeah. Admittedly, one of them is get 99,999 no's. Yeah, don't think I'll be going for that one. Or at least not in the short term. Not in the short term, no. But, uh... Ha! Ha! Ah. Say no more is wonderful. It is. 
Um, I very much enjoy the motivational speaker cassette character. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are very good. Yeah. And I, I came out of that game just feeling very wholesome and empowered. I also like Noah. Noah oh, very no, Noah's very good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, so yeah, I... I and can't rec... Lunch buddies. Oh, I can't recommend this game enough. Just go in knowing as little as possible, and if you're like ten minutes in and going, is this it? Stick with it. It it's going to grow, and it's got places it's going. <laughs> I mean, this is one I saw. I think it was either a Nindies or um, possibly a Devolver thing. Maybe. Uh, it uh, it's not again. a Devolver one. It, it's been shown in several of the Nindy showcases. And I, yeah. I was like, oh, you know what? I will wishlist that. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad I did. It it was a good sales pitch in a trailer, and I'm glad that the game itself was more than the shallow one note I'd feared it might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good game. Have you played anything else? Ah, uh, we both played another thing, which will we be have. out by the time that people listen to this, uh, but isn't when we record this. No. Uh, we've... If you're one of the early access people that's listening to this on Wednesday, uh, yeah, you can... Even sooner. Yeah, because... You can we, we... Yeah. So this game is called Rain on Your Parade, and it is out... Uh, it will have come out on Thursday on PC, Switch, and I believe it's on Game Pass at launch on Xbox. Um, so yeah... This is a game where you play a little asshole rain cloud raining on people. <laughs> um, it's a little bit untitled goose game in that sense of enjoy the Schonenfreude while doing objectives in areas, uh, you know, be- being creative about how you ruin people's day. It's like we'll we'll talk about the first section, which is um, at a wedding. Yeah, you got a rain on a wedding day. Yeah, and you know, it starts off nice and simple. It's rain on the bride and groom. Uh, as an optional objective, rain on all of the people at the wedding. Mm-hmm. And if you do the main and um, secondary objective, you will often get an additional objective pop-up, which in this case was get all of the chairs at the wedding to get knocked over, which involves sort of raining to get people to run in certain directions to, to run into chairs, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and you only have to do the mandatory objectives, but it's basically... Here's a little puzzle box environment that you win by getting people soaking wet. Mm-hmm. And this was another one that I was a bit worried is going to be a bit one note. And I'll admit it it starts a little one note. I think that like some of those early levels are a little too simple, I think. They they take a little while to ramp up to oh I see there's some challenge to be found. Not only that, but like there, there are like other powers to get apart from rain. Yes, as it, you move through, it, and I, I agree that in some sections of the game, it does feel like it's a little bit long to get to yeah. the next power up. But at the same time, like I don't know if you, when you played yourself on stream, but when we played together on or on Sunday, or rather when I was when I was playing and you were watching. Mm. It was it was very much a, hey, um, I'm gonna do like every single level rather than I could move forward, but there's this little aside over oh, here. See, that's what I was I'm doing as do well. That. I wanted to be thorough, and there were lots of nice rewards, that little froggy hat, and yeah. But at the same time, like I, I think at that point I can't blame the developer for me going. Ah, there's slightly too much time between. Maybe, but I again, I. 
I still think that's a valid observation. I think yeah. the way it's set up sort of encourages you to do everything as you're going, because it's not mm. its not like the game tells you if you rush ahead, you'll get an extra power that will do some things. Mm. Um, but, like, I, I think particularly once you get a little further into the game and you have more than one way to interact with the world, I think the game opens up a lot. Um, I think that levels that require you to do more than one thing at a time uh, add up a lot. And I like I like some of the one I like some of where the narrative goes. I like some of the character building. They got some fun characters. Uh, the little worm that does bug bug report worm uh, <laughs> is wonderful. Best character. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is it is a charming little sandboxy game. Like I I made comparisons to Untitled Goose Game. I don't think this is going to be a hit in the same way that was for a lot of reasons. It's not on necessarily quite the same level, but it is it is a fun little... There's no honk button, for There example. is no honk button, for example. But, like, it is charmingly made, it's really cute, it's it's fun to just play around and try and work out to do these various challenges. Mm. It is it is a good time. Yeah, it's a good time. There's, like, fun little homages to other games and yeah. genres. Like, there's, a, there's some stealth action. Oh, in, that in stealth action level. section was good. Uh, I I I quite enjoy some of the boss encounters that come up. Uh, kinda. I I did. It makes a nice change, but I have. I, like, I, I get it. The first one of those that came up, uh, I have now managed to do without getting hit. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I I I got into the zone on it a little bit. But yeah, is it's a cute little indie game that is well worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as I said, I believe it's on Game Pass at launch. If you've got Game Pass, give it a look. It's it's, it's adorable. It's a if fun. If you don't have it, give it a look. I mean, yeah. If you don't have it, give it a look. But like, if you've got Game Pass, def- just definitely, definitely, you have try no reason it. not. You to. have no reason not to try it. It's a fun little game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? What have you played this week? Uh, I have been. Well, we played some board games. <gasps> we did play some board games. We 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 played Quacks of Quendenberg over Skype. <laughs> Yeah, so this is not a game I would a board game I would recommend playing over Skype if the other people don't also have a copy of the game. Uh we discovered that our friends also had a copy of Quacks of Quendlinburg, which we could sort of mirror the board state a little bit. Yeah, so we like we set up uh like anytime we were taking things out of the pool because we were adding them to our bags, we were making sure that they took them out of their copies yeah, yeah. of the of the thing as well. Uh, like we had separate piles for their their bits, yeah. so that there wasn't like too much of anything. In yeah. The so as a reminder, this is a game that we talked about a couple of weeks ago about making little potions, and you um you put various ingredients in your bag, you pull things out at random, they move you around a track. You're trying to get as far around this track as you can without drawing seven white pieces out of the bag, because then your potion explodes. A mm-hmm. uh, nice little risk reward game. Lots of pushy luck. Yeah. So this is the first time we've played uh, four players. We still played the basic rules on it, which I, I think w- uh, worked well. Uh, the main difference for playing in f- a four player compared to two, and I think why we needed to track the resources mm. um, that everyone was using, is one of the cheap early basic resources is pumpkins, which don't move you very far, but they just sort of dilute the, the bag so that you're less likely to pull the, the white things out. Mm-hmm. Um those early pumpkins sold out fast. Yes, but also I, f- I think being less reliant on them. 
Oh, I agree. Made me like move in different directions. Yeah. Although there were a few times it's like, I would really like to buy this, but this leaves me with three and nothing is. Well, yes. And it did some interesting things like the fact that like, I think early game, it is worthwhile to have some, some pumpkins, but it does mean that like, if you roll the bonus dice and you roll the pumpkin side and there's no pumpkins left in the pool, mm -hmm. that's much more of a thing than it was when we played two player, I think. Yes. Although uh, that only happened once. Yeah. And we ran out of pumpkins on like round three or four, I think. Yeah. Uh the the, the rat tail mechanic, your sort of Mario Kart rubber banding mm -hmm. worked worked nicely again. I think yeah. that that is a nice mechanic for keeping everyone in the game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a good fun game to play yeah, over. I th I, th the I feel internet. like the the person who came last only had as much and as many problems as they did because they were they're so used to winning everything yes. that it became a, well, I have to push my luck now to prove that yes. I am getting the best, and then just busting. So yeah, they, they, kept, they kept being like, well, I could get some points, but I want to get more points so that I can catch up faster than I'm catching up. So mm. I'll push my... I know I'm on seven out of seven, but I'll push my... Oh, I blew... Yeah, that yeah. friend had like three rounds in a row where they blew up their potion because they were, they were pushing it too far. Yes. And... I think they only have themselves to blame a little they bit do. on that. They also used to be the, the friend in our group that wins every damn game, especially if strategy or math is involved. Indeed. they. I don't think they were ready for, um, <laughs> I have to just bide my time and hope a good round comes back around again. I can't push this further. Mm -hmm. uh, it was fun. It was. It was great fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else have we played this week? Oh, we played another round of uh, the Adventure Zone Bureau of Balance. We did. That was another one we played over over Skype with some friends. We did. We we played through uh, the Lich in the with the ring in the cave. I that, think it was that bloody rusted gate. That rusty gate. Yeah, we struggled to get through the rusty gate. Uh, I love how every time we play this game, it ends up slightly horny. I mean. <laughs> Look, if you're doing roleplay and you're trying to come up with something on the fly that's going to make people laugh, horny's usually the answer. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, I think this worked again as something to play over Skype because, like, it didn't require setup. It didn't require a a you know formal DM planning session or anything, mm -hmm. and it didn't require a lot of stats based character building. Yeah. It was come up with a bit of story for who your character is. Here's four numbers to think about. Um, let's just jump in. Yeah. And I, I I, really like that as a just jump into an adventure box. Just jump in and then it's whatever narrative you bring to it. Yeah. This is the first time we got to play with the rule where you hide characters in the various decks so they sort of organically come up as you're adventuring. Yes, because usually we're only playing two players, so it'd yes. be nice to sort of see how the rules be... At full size. Oh, and we got to we got to play some other classes because some of them you're not supposed to play in two players. So you've got to play your bard. I finally got to play Susie Tavernal the bard. Yes, the character who you made when we first got the game, and then we looked at the instructions for like, oh, you can't have one of them. I can't do that one. The bard's ability is quite nice, being able to add a plus one onto literally every character as yes. you go around. Mm -hmm. It was very, very appreciated. It was nice to be able to have something like late on in the in the turn thing. Yes, when everyone else has used their bonuses up already, to still be able yes. to give something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you played anything else? Uh yeah. So 
I've been playing a bunch of Train Simulator. Choo-choo. Ah, ah, mmm, yes. So, I'm an autism stereotype. I bloody love trains. Trains are great. We talked about trains last week. We talked about me watching a bunch of train uh, videos. I took it a step further. I I spent a lot of this week playing Train Simulator 2021. Uh, It is a 2009 game, despite what the name suggests, with all of the technical shortcomings that come from a game over a decade old. But... It's a very faithful, accurate recreation of a bunch of real-world train stations and trains, and as someone who has been missing train travel and is a little bit obsessed with trains, it's got just the right balance of simple with a little bit of realism and, like, the it, it breaks the rules in the ways that, like, are good. Like... I can control the train's controls while sitting in the passenger seating so that I can be like, ah, train! Uh, And still be, you know, doing all my dials and switches, no problem, which is very appreciated. Uh, I very much like the detailing and care and attention on all of the uh, the stations. It's it's just nice to have a thing that requires, like, 10% actual engagement with to keep going. It's a little bit desert bus. It's, I've got to do a little bit of upkeep to keep this thing doing its thing, but mainly, I'm just making a thing go, and is going on an adventure. Yeah, because uh, it's not like you're stopping anyone. I mean, I... <laughs> it, depends what mood, it depends what mood I'm in. Sometimes I will stop at the station, some of them I will just turn the train on and, and, and pick the furthest destination possible and go, train! And train. do a big journey. Um... I have been loving this game. I'm not going to get too deep into this because it's a topic for accessibility this week. Which will which, have already come out. Which will have already come out, unless you're listening early access, in which case it's going to come out. But basically, um, I love Train Simulator, but the base game doesn't ship with a whole load of content. And the additional content, while very specific in a way that is very good uh, for someone like me who is obsessing and missing specific train routes and specific trains and train journeys. Uh, The DLC typically ranges between 15 and 35 pounds for one stretch of track and a train, which uh, can can add up if you're not keeping an eye on it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a thing to be aware of. But yeah, 100% as someone who has been special interest obsessing over trains, um, I have very much appreciated... Like, ah, it's the train that I ride on the route that I take the train on, and I can see all the stations that I normally see. I I did a train journey where I stopped at Gatwick, and I watched a plane fly over from where the train was parked. So I got to be on a train and see a plane, and that's 100% my jam. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I like Train Simulator a lot. Oh, it's a good game. I keep eyeing up... USB train controls for computer and being like, I they could... look real fancy. I know, and they're pricey. But I keep looking at them, being like, I could, I could have a dial on my desk that makes train go, make train go, make train go. I want to have, I want to have desk thing that make train go. Choo choo, choo choo. What about you? What have you played this week? I've been playing the Outer Worlds. There, I said it right. Yes, you did, I and we will right say one. it no more. We uh, space fallout. Space fallout. You played space fallout. I played space fallout. Tell us about Space Fallout. How are you getting on with that? It's Fallout, but in space. 
Yes. She says as somebody who's never played more than 10 minutes of Fallout New well, Vegas. See, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised and pleased to see you sticking with this, considering that, like, as you started, you were like, oh, this is Fallout. And I was like, yeah, it's Fallout. You were like, I played one Fallout and stopped playing 10 minutes in. I was like, oh... You might not get on with this. I spent a lot. I spent a lot of time making a character in a crappy character creator because the one in New Vegas is not great. Yeah. Um. And then I walked for a couple of minutes. I walked into a house. I think I looked at a toilet, and the game crashed. And I was. I went back in, and it had not saved anything at all. And I was like, "Well, that has not respected my time. So fuck this shit." And promptly uninstalled it and have never been back to it. But you're getting on better with this. Uh, I mean, I've got to be like 10 hours into this now. Yeah, you put some decent hours in. Yeah, like there there was a lot of initial... The, the, the problem I have for a lot with RPG games, like the reason I hated uh, Arena and Daggerfall and Morrowind and Oblivion. Yeah. And the reason I won't play Skyrim. Because it is that you spent a long time making a character that you thought was interesting and would look cool and be good, go out into the world, and you got five minutes in and were killed by a giant rat. And every time you tried to do something different, you went a different direction. Oh, you've been killed by a fireball from somewhere, like immediately. And it's always felt like you can't go anywhere or do anything. <laughs> Yeah. And I think two reasons have kept two things have kept me going with this. One is auto saving, yes, uh, which was like I think the first time I needed the auto save was like I walked into the junkyard outside of the first town, and I got eaten by some kind of giant rat thing, which is typical. Yeah, and then like it reloaded me, like just outside the the doorway to where I had just been. I was mm. like, cool, okay, uh, if I walk around this corner, I will be attacked by that thing. Or I could just stay here. And that would be fine. Um, so there's been that. Like, I died a few more times than that. I eventually got the hang of, like, combat and stuff. And I think that is it, it really. Like, the fact that when you save, you can keep playing. It doesn't sit you there on a save screen. Mm. While you do the thing, it's like, okay, I'm saving. Off you go. go you go do the thing. And, like, that. And, and just the fact that it does have autosave. So, like, if I have fucked up and, like, oh, I'm on my third Manti Queen in about ten minutes. Uh, oh, shit, I died. I might not have to fight all of those Manti Queens again. So it's been nice sort of going that, like, it respects my time. I can, like, save and reload. I can try things out. Like, what if I shot everyone in this office and then, like, stole the keycard and went up the elevator? Cool. I'll have a look what's up the elevator. Cool. Okay. It totally wasn't worth killing all these people. I'll just go back now. <laughs> um, so that was the uh, the Halcyon building? The yeah. guy with the moustache at the building? Yeah, was like, yeah, I don't yeah. like you or anyone in this office. <laughs> I'm just going to do you a shoot. Just going to kill you all. <laughs> and it's fun how I've gone from the beginning of the game of... Ah, I will be very much into the RPG hit mindset, and I will, I will only pick up the things I need because I don't want to end up with a bunch of trash. And I will, I will, I will, I will only sort of take the things I want to take and and deal with the things I want to deal with. And now I am, I am the Hoover. You've become the hoarder, have you? I am the. No, I'm not. I'm not hoarding it. No, just <laughs> sticking it all in junk and then selling it. <laughs> oh, this isn't nailed down and it's owned by someone I question the morals of. Bye!
<laughs> oh, you're communists. I will leave pretty much everything in your village alone. <laughs> I might steal a I few mean, you're shunts. still role-playing, clearly. Yeah, yeah. Like, the... Um... You just have an interesting moral compass for your character. <laughs> yeah. My moral compass is, like... I, I I took the power from the cannery and gave it to the hippies. Yay! With the greenhouse, I um, I'm not a big fan of the um, whatever the weird village is on the on the planet I've just got to with the sulfur everywhere. Oh yes, like the the uh, I can't remember what they are. Like the the questionable morals um. Uh, holiday resort place, uh, which appears to be really unpleasant, <laughs> and somebody was running drugs on the back of Sprats, um, versus uh, the uh, the iconoclasts who are like, we're trying to make things better, and we're doing without the company and without capitalism, mm. and we don't really have a hierarchy. Although one of our leaders is kind of a dick, <laughs> a little bit. Like um yeah, so it's it's been interesting, sort of like going around and exploring these things and talking to the different people and and trying things out and and not being hampered by a save load system <laughs> uh, and not being hampered by my own recklessness. I I've learned very quickly on the first planet, you don't just go running places. Yeah, don't go running places because they'll be primals. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll be primals or some some other fucking thing that will like just a, an entire band of marauders will descend on you and eat your face. Tee-hee-hee. Cool. Uh, yeah, so I've been quite enjoying that, and who knows, I might even see this one through to the end. Ooh. Ooh. It has made me go. Maybe I should try Fallout Four. I don't know if I should. But... I mean, I mean, Fallout Four's not far off this. You might have fun with it. It wasn't Obsidian, was it? No, <laughs> no, it's it wasn't. The other it's the, the other the Fallout, Fallout team. team. Like, I think this is the better of the two. But like, if you if you've had fun with this, you might not have a bad time with Fallout Four, as long as the savings are right. Yay! I, I seem to remember it being. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, that one's that one's a typical crasher of the Fallout variety as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Have you played anything else? Uh, yeah, I played through a another like two hour long narrative y game this week Ooh. called Adios, Adios. which um I, it is it is it's available on PC. I believe it's available on X, uh, Xbox on Game Pass as well. I think um it is a two hour contemplative conversation. Um, feels like it 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 feels like a very sort of if you've ever seen a film where it is just two people walking and having a conversation and that is the film, it's awesome. that it's that kind of thing. So the the basic premise is uh you are playing as a pig farmer who has spent many years feeding body parts to his pigs for the mob, and he does not want to be in that life anymore. And it is a conversation between this pig farmer and his sort of mob connection that he's trying to have this conversation with about like, hey, I I, I want to get out. I want to be done with this. Mm. Um, I don't want to say too much more about the narrative because it is very much, it is very much a journey of these two people having their various conversations and at times clearly talking about more than one thing at a time. Um, mm. 
I will give some warnings that it contains some pretty heavy subject material. Um, don't go into this expecting something light and fluffy. It gets pretty... It gets pretty heavy with regards to mental health and um, arguments within families. Uh, there's some quite difficult content in those regards. Um, but I think it tells a really beautiful moving story that... I think the less you know about it going in, the better. It is just... It is... It is two hours of minimally interactive excuses to have a very interesting conversation. Um, Adios is real good. Go go check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Have you played anything else this week? We played another round of Cloud Spire. We did play another round of Cloud Spire. Tell us how that went. I got very lucky and you died very quickly. I... I'm. You keep saying luck. I don't know that it's luck. I think that either I'm doing something strategically bad, or I'm not. I'm not playing my class correctly. Um, because I every game we've played, I've used the same class, and they seem incredibly slow to start up, and they don't seem to have nearly as much power behind them, and I can't work out how to make them do more. Mm. I've. I have felt very sort of. Well, my class are slow, and you would think the trade-off for that would be very heavy hitting, but I usually lose to you in fights. I don't know how to make them do good. Hmm. I, d- I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I've not played as your class. Um, yeah. I've played as the Grovers, the, the tree people. Yeah. Uh, and i played as the birds this time. Tweety yeah. tweet. Um, and you've been playing the Brawnen. Yeah. Uh, every time, who are sort of... You know they they are they are listed as being sort of stony hardcore uh, warrior types. Again, maybe if I watched like a YouTube video of like how to play the brawn, and maybe there's something I'm overlooking in terms of like how I should be spending my resources and what units I should be get are good to get out. Mm. Um, but like I clearly have not clicked with how to make this class effective. Mm, it's an unusual one. And the other thing I think might be worth trying at some point is the uh, the co-op campaign. Yeah. Because there's like a whole a whole book full of co-op stuff. Oh, I'd be up for, for trying some co-op at there's some a, point. There's a solo campaign as well. Yeah. I, I'd be up there's for trying... There's a lot in that box. I'd be up for trying co-op, and I definitely am interested in trying one of the other classes just to get a feel for how differently they play. Hmm. Yeah, I had fun with the Grove Tenders. They were yeah. fun. I had fun. I just... Wasn't very good, yeah. And, and yeah, it's um, it's 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 a ridiculously decadent game. So I feel like we've got to at least give it a few more goes. But I am still really not sure how I feel about Cloud Spire. It's 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 a game I suspect I would be getting on better with if I were more competent at it. Hmm. So to clarify, Cl- uh, Cloud Spire is a <clears throat> tabletop tower defense game yeah we've talked about it a couple of times on this show a long time ago yeah yeah it's it's a hex-based grid so you're trying to go around um moving your units doing combat you've got range for combat so you've got strength for combat um you've got to follow the paths exactly you've got to follow various paths but you can terraform the map slightly and build towers uh, there are sort of uh, challenges on the map that you can, you know, flip over and see what they'll give you. And you can build little, um, 
yeah, uh, tower defense towers that can sort of help automate stuff for mm-hmm. you, and you've got building up your base in between rounds, and it's basically who can get the most health off the other team's base uh, before the the game's over. Yeah. Um, in two player, you've got like a whole thing of um, basically it's whoever runs out of life first. Whereas in in like more than two player, you have a whole thing of okay, so you you lost all your health in that round, and you've got your your fortress pillaged, and you're but you will have to spend an amount of money to uh, basically reinforce your gate again. Yeah, but you you don't get kicked out completely, so it's nice that in a, in a multi-hour game that you're not completely losing. Mm. Although I do imagine that that is very much going to make you ripe for pillaging in future if you're yeah. generally a bit weaker. Hmm. Hmm. I'm 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 certainly curious to get more out of it, and, and it it is, as I said, a ridiculously decadent game with all its poker chips for health and uh, damage and so forth, and it's screen-printed dice is very fancy. Yeah. And and all the neoprene mats for all the different pieces that you click together. Yeah. Ah, it's, um, it's a fascinating little game, and I look forward to trying some more of it. Yeah. I say little, it's huge. It's, it's a big one. It's huge, and it weighs a ton. Uh, the only other thing I played uh, a little bit of this week was... Lil Nas X's Twerk Hero. Tell me about Twerk Hero. So, Twerk Hero is an existing game that existed outside of Lil Nas. Uh, Previously, I believe it was a mobile game, and uh, this is a browser-based adaptation. So, it's hard to not look at this and see it for the clear marketing thing that it is. It is, hey, here are four levels based on... Basically, the four different scenes from the "Call Me, Call Me by Your Name" Montessori video, mm-hmm. um, but it's just four different excuses to do interactive twerking, where you make little Nas's butt go up, down, left, and right, and shake around. And I, I mean, it's 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 very it's very gay. Do do you want to be in control of little Nas while he does twerking in the Garden of Eden and Heaven and Hell? Do you, do you want to do that? Shake the booty. Here's here's a controllable ass simulator. Shake the booty. I mean, I had I had ten fun minutes listening to the music play while I made the booty shake. It was it was a it was a fun if nothing time. I took nothing of any great import away from it other than I'm glad we've reached a place as a society where an incredibly gay game about shaking asses can exist. I'm glad that. I'm glad this has a place in existence next to um, uh, the works of... I've completely forgotten the name. Uh, Robert Yang, the guy who made uh, mm-hmm. Hurt Me Plenty and things like that. Yes. This feels in that vein, if a little less like it has an interesting point to say. It is just... Ha <laughs> ha, shake the booty. Shake it. Shake that booty at Satan. Shake that booty. Shake that booty, booty, booty. Uh, have you played anything else this week? That's everything I've played. Well then... Time for this. This is a public service broadcast brought to you on behalf of service broadcasts for the public. This is a reminder that just because lockdowns are starting to ease in some areas doesn't mean the virus is going away yet. Indeed, just because your grandparents have managed to get their jabs does not mean that there aren't a huge number of unvaccinated youths. And since they are ones doing most of the low-paid work, 
they are the ones who will be needing to be vaccinated. Indeed. Don't allow reports of large numbers of vaccinations to make you feel unnecessarily safe. If you are not over 50 and partying exclusively with other over 50s, then you are just as at risk of the coronavirus as you were previously. Okay, Boomer, you just have that party on your own. Crack open the nice Chardonnay. As long as you've had it specially delivered privately and not gone to the shop without a mask on. Protect each other. It's important to care for more than just yourself. Indeed. Hold on a little longer. We're nearly there. This has been a public service information broadcast. Brought to you by Information Broadcasts for Services. It's the romance movie of the summer. There's two guys and two girls, but they're all in love with each other. How are they going to cope? Oh my god, I really like him, but I also like him and her. I like them and them, but also them. What will I do? It's a moral quandary that comes up in all romance movies. I mean, we could all just date each other. Wait, wait. Is is everyone okay with that? I mean, I I do like all of you. Yeah, I'm I'm up for that. Yeah, I I don't know why I built this up into my head as such a big deal. We could all just date each other, I suppose. We should totally do that. Yeah. Polyamory. It really works out when everyone communicates. This advert went some places I wasn't expecting. This summer, it's I guess it's less of a comedy and actually more of a, a, a just a sincere romance now. Movie. So, <gasps> what have you put in your eye meats? I've not watched a lot this week. Um, I did continue to watch more train-related videos, uh, one of which I watched uh, with you in the room. I know you saw some of it. Yeah. Uh, Palatus Train Switzerland Driver's View World's Steepest Cogwheel Railway 4K. Beautiful scenery. Yeah. Narrow it, gauge. Yeah. It's a really interesting little cogwheel train that takes a little route from up in a Swiss mountain down to the bottom. Uh, story behind it being that in the 1800s, they wanted to connect these two locations and it would have taken about twice as much railway track to do it a less steep route. And someone was like, hey, we can we can cut half of that metal out if we just make it real steep and use cogwheel trains. Cogwheel. Um, so you've got a very narrow, very small single cab train. She's going on a real beautiful little journey. It goes through some, like, sort of hand-carved tunnels in the rock and over some incredibly narrow bridges where it's literally just, like, the metal railway gauge and not really much else over a gap. And it is just a beautiful little train journey. I very much appreciate that the video footage was from inside the cabin, so you just had just enough context to be like, yes, I'm in the train. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, good sounds, good sights. It's very. I recommend it very highly. It's a good thirty-five minute train video. If if you like me, enjoy videos of trains. It's trains. A, it's a good one. Trains. What about what about you? What you watched this week? I've mainly watched you watch train videos. I've been uh, watching a lot of trains this week. <laughs> it's been very nice to watch train videos with you. Um, there was the one. What was the one we watched last night, which was also quite a narrow gauge. Oh! Um, with all the beautiful mountains? Oh, yes, I would need to find that one. Uh, driver's Eye View, Latterbrunnen to Klein, Steig. Uh, let me spell those because I'm probably pronouncing them terribly. L A U T E R 
B-R-U-N-N-E-N, two, K-L-E-I-N-E, S-C-H-E-I-D-E-G-G, in Switzerland. Uh, this is another 35-minute uh, journey of a very, like, narrow-gauge uh, Swiss train. Love, they love little narrow-gauge narrow, narrow train rails in Switzerland, apparently. Um, I will say points off this one because it was shot from outside the front of the train. There was no context shot of you being in the cabin, so you lose points on that. But beautiful scenery. Um, some real bits of, like, oh, this is the tiny, narrow, flat bit that's just big enough for the train on a very steep hill happened a lot of times mm-hmm. a lot of stops that like had a real middle of middle of nowhere tiny little town vibes and oh it's a, it was a good video it's a beautiful beautiful bit of the world to yeah it was a lovely video i recommend that one too mm-hmm. did you watch anything else this week um we watched the new uh, falcon and the winter soldier we did yes it it, it's it's still uh, Marvel wants to big up the US military, huh? It is. Um, I still feel like they have done a very poor job of justifying the quote-unquote villainy of... Um, the Flag Smashers? Yes, the Flag Smashers. <laughs> right, I'm supporting um, them. <laughs> yeah, I... I'll, I think I think we can say this much because I think this comes up in like the first episode. The Flag Smashers are introduced as a group that must be stopped, who want to have a world without borders where we are all all one one world, not dividing ourselves up into you know un- unnecessarily drawing borders between nations. I don't really I don't see the problem. I don't see the problem. Like you know. They, they they occasionally will will make them in the show do some stuff where it's like, oh, you maybe shouldn't have done that means to the end. But like, fundamentally, I do not disagree with their nope. what they're going for. Nope. And I'm, I feel like I'm supposed to dislike them. It also I feels don't. like the, the further we go, we go on through the, the, the series that... Um... The, the more their motivations are fleshed out and the more I'm like, no, you're totally right. In, in you know, during the click, yeah. during the click, they, they were people, displaced people welcomed into various countries who needed extra bodies to help things run because suddenly yeah. there weren't the people Maybe there. let those people maintain the citizenships that they had during those five years, maybe. And just the, the way they were treated by the world and sort of like, hey, we're done with you now. We don't need it. All the other people came back. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, this has not done, like, nearly a good enough job of exploring. I think the only people that, as far as I can say, like, looking around my friends group for people who are watching the show, like, the only people I I can imagine supporting the supposed quote-unquote heroes in this show are people like John Walker. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have any of those friends. I'll, I'll say this. Um, while with the Flag Smashers, I don't think they've ever done enough to justify why we're supposed to care about stopping them, I think that the other antagonist who this episode sort of was really like, okay, here's what we're doing with them. Mm. I think they've done a much better job with that antagonist of the gradual build from, you know, oh, this character seems like they have their heart in the right place through to... Oh, oh you're a Republican. You've very reasonably built up this character's insecurities and what they're struggling with in such a way that they're 
villain turn feels very earned. Mm-hmm. I very much believe they would become this kind of villain for these kind of reasons. But they're the least interesting kind of villain to me. I mean... Because I see that kind of villainy every day. I mean, yeah, it, it's... It is... They might not wear a suit, but I see that kind of villainy every day and that's I, just not interesting I, to I me. I mean, I I find I find that, that character interesting mainly because... It is interesting to see the Marvel Universe actually address a villain who is a very real kind of person that exists. And the dangers of giving power to that kind of person. Because in the real world, we do give power to that kind of person. Exactly. And these are the kind of consequences that happen. You know, not Mm. super-powered consequences, but consequences nonetheless, you know. Um, But yeah, I... It's no one division, and I'm very ready for Loki. But I'm not so ready for Loki. I want to be clear. I'm not disliking this. Every episode we've sat down to watch, I've gone, yeah, I had a fun time watching that. Oh, I've continued to have a, like, oh yeah, that was oh, that was fun. Yeah. It's 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 a half hour spectacle every week. It's a half hour spectacle as long It'll as you can decide until Loki. As long as you can turn <laughs> off your brain and not think about the fact that it really, 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 really wants you to love and respect the U.S. military. Yeah, it's fine. I refuse. It, it, it really fucking wants you to love the US military. Come on, what's the little US propaganda? Ah, come on. <laughs> uh, did you watch anything else this week? Uh, no, that is it. Uh, the only other thing I watched, and this was just like a little five minute video that came up on my For You page and I watched and I, I can't say anything in it was new, but it was very well uh, worded was a video uh, by Richard Wolfe called How Capitalism Exploits You. And it was just a good five-minute, very succinct explanation of, hey, literally all profit that any company makes is wage theft. Let's talk about how... The 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 profit that you put into a company, the 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 labour that you put in, you will never get that much money back from your employer because inherently employers are skimming money off of your labour. It's a very well put together video on a topic that, like, I know it, but if someone asks me about this in future, this is a very good thing to link them to. Mm-hmm. If you've never considered the fact that companies suggesting. Ah, we posted record profits this quarter. What that means is we scraped record amounts of profit off of the heads of our workers. Maybe give this a watch for five minutes. Of your labour, we gave you considerably less of it than you earned. Exactly. Capitalists are people who put upfront capital so they're like, oh, we have money, which means that we get to scrape your your labour costs off of you. You get paid considerably less than you're worth because you don't have the labour to set this up. And it's designed to keep you poor and afraid. Exactly. They will pay stressed. They will pay you exactly enough that you don't leave that job, that you will stay there. They will pay you the exact amount that it's like Okay, okay, I can't afford to leave, but also you're paying me enough to stay, and everything else funnels upwards. Trickle down economics has never existed. It's trickle up ec- economics and it has been for decades. Actually, it's not trickle up e- economics, it's turn you... both the taps on on full blast up. Economics. Mm-hmm. Fire hose up economics. And before my blood pressure rises. Oh. What else have you watched? That's week? everything I've watched this week. Well then, time for this. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. 
Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you feel stressed? Uh-huh. Do you feel anxious? Constantly. Do you feel stressed and anxious? Ah. Uh-huh. Do you like how sometimes Smudge comes and sits on your shoulder? I do like when Smudge comes and sits on my shoulders. Do you like it when she comes and sits on your shoulder and she's kind of hungry? Oh. And she's doing the preemptive purr? Oh, so that you'll feed her. Yeah, and she's sort of right near my ear. I can hear the purr really good. Right in the ear. Oh. What if there was a service that provided you kitty on the shoulder to purr you back to health? Oh, that's 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 one hundred percent of the time. That's what I need. Specially trained medical kittens are available through kitty purr therapy. (gasps) Kitty purr therapy. Kitty purr therapy. I know we're in the middle of an ad read, but I'm just going to have a nap. That's great. Okay, but what if you could get a premium service? <gasps> a premium service? How could it be better than this? Sign up now with the code QNPS163. You could get a cat on either shoulder, <gasps> stereo purr, and one on your lap. Oh, that's... Oh, surround sound purrs. 33% oh. off right now if you go and use the code at uh, kitty-purr-therapy.lol.net. And under the code QNPS163 for all your surround sound kitty purr needs. Ah. Ah. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi. Hi. So, uh, we've had people complaining. Again. Again. I know, it happens a Solemn lot. JPEG. Solemn JPEG. Uh, so, here's the problem. Right. We've got two groups of people who play our video games. We've got... Nice. People who don't want to deal with harassment and toxicity when they're playing online games. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. They want, you know, quiet, calm communities of pleasant, nice people. Yeah. And, like, you know... That sounds expensive. If it was... If they were the only people, sure, we'll put you know, filters and blocks and whatnot and if it's going to get them to buy the games. But we have people who want to play the game explicitly because they want to hear the worst kind of expletives and horrid things that have ever been said. And I mean, those things are self-generating. That we can get in abundance. Well, exactly. That requires no work on our part. No work. But, you know, like, I'm trying to work out if there's some way that we can please both these groups of people with one game. I, how do we do this? Well, just before we start, I just want to check. Uh, they both have money, right? They do both have money, uh, which is why we want both of uh, them, because they both have money. Ah, uh, that's a quandary. I was really hoping one group would have the money, and then we'll be like, fuck yeah. the other ones. So I've got an idea. I've got yeah. an idea. So um, rather than having, you know, just a blanket ban on toxic content in uh, online communication. Right. I've been working on something. We've been working workshop and something yeah i present to you the bigotry sliders so here's how here's how they work here's how they work you know everyone who loads into the game can decide how much of different specific bits of uh bigotry and hatefulness they want in their games right like you know uh how much swearing do you want uh how much homophobia do you like Do do you want no homophobia a little homophobia some homophobia or all the homophobia right 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 and like you know that way we're giving them choice. Who could complain about being offered choice? They love choice. Exactly, exactly. I think if we just go through every hurtful way that people could communicate online that we can think of and mm-hmm. put them all on sliders, 
Uh, I am sure there is no way that could backfire and no one would ever take a screenshot of it and mock us for it. I think no, I think no. it's a brilliant idea. Absolutely if not. If I do like, say so myself. Um, you are a fucking genius. Well, exactly. I, 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 I would... Uh, so, you, you mentioned racism. Is there any way we could have, like, a whole separate slider for just the N-word? Well, I think I think I think that's a little too far. I think if we had that for that on a slider, hmm, people might get a bit funny. Just make that a toggle on or off. But what if we had like a slider and it was like the hard R or the hard A? I I mean, look, I'm pretty sure this will go over great and no one will complain. I think that's a great you idea. Think the toggle's fine. Yeah, I, th- I, yeah. I think I think I think however we do it, I think it's gonna go great. I think you're right because you are a fucking genius. I know. So, what have you put in your ears? Oh, I've not put a lot in my ears this week. Um, I'm going to be honest, most of what I've listened to has been lo-fi, chill, hip-hop beats to study and relax Ooh. to, paired with train noise, paired with rain noise. Oh, lovely. It's just been lo-fi beats on a train in the rain has been the sound of my week because my brain has been too busy and scattered and obsessive to really engage with anything else. Mm-hmm. What about you? Have you put anything in your ears this week? I have listened to a little bit of lo-fi. It's made me want to make more, more lo-fi, but at the same time my brain's like, but you're supposed to be making house music. But the house uh, music is making me sad. As, I quite enjoy making lo-fi. Uh, as someone who <laughs> 100% is only as productive as I am because I let myself hop between projects and not focus on the one I'm supposed to be doing, but whatever one my brain has the focus for, do the thing that you have the brain focus for. I might have to. Don't, don't let your brain go, yeah, but we have to do this first. No, go do the thing that you're you're passionate about. Go, go do something. Come back and do the other thing when your brain I'm decides that's passionate about drum and bass, it just can't make it yeah. happen. <laughs> I, I am a big believer in if you have an urge to do the thing, ah, just go fucking do that project do that instead. Thing. Yeah, we can always come back to that. Yeah. Um, what else have I watched? Uh, listened to. Uh, listen to the second episode of The Inexplicables. Oh, yes. This, Inexplicables. This right? is the new uh, thing on... Ma- uh, on uh, Rusty Quill. Rusty Quill, yes. Yes. Um, I am still fascinated by whatever is going on in the world of this story, yeah. I hate the two main characters. Ha! That's a problem. One one of them is is just the kind of person that bumbles through things, but is incredibly self destructive. Like I've known people a lot like this, like deliberately fucking things up all the time, somehow managing to always land on their feet. Yeah. Um, and just just a, a Dirk Gently type, if they were less sweet and endearing and more of an arsehole, and you were annoyed that they were doing yes. so smoothly. I will always cheer Dirk Gently on. Yes, but as soon as Dirk Gently's an arsehole, you're like, no, no, I don't like that you're just waltzing through everything and it's fine. Yes. Yeah, so not getting on with that character... Not getting on with the brother either, who is just uh, just a horrible little shitbag. 
Yeah, see, here's the with thing. A, you know, a, 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 a kind of plummy voice, uh, which isn't helping. I'll typically give something a first episode of characters being assholes for episode two to be like, oh, we got a little glimpse of there's some more depth to them than that. The world mm. they've painted around this has got more and more fascinating. You just don't like the people going through the world. <laughs> they hate the two people that we're having to experience it through. <sighs> Uh, have you listened to anything else? Uh, I listened to a couple of other things. Um, so I went back and listened to Ever Fallen in Love with Someone You Shouldn't Have uh, by... I've completely forgotten the band. Um, yes. Buzzcocks. Uh, Buzzcocks, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Ever Fallen in Love by the Buzzcocks. Uh, ah. Did you know this is a queer track? Uh, it no. is It is about the lead singer being bisexual. Uh-huh. Ever fallen in love with someone you shouldn't have fallen in love with? That's fair. Which, yeah. I can't say I'd ever really given the song any thought. No, neither had I. I'd never really considered what the someone you shouldn't have fallen in love with was about. But apparently it is about, about the singer being bisexual and trying to work out some feelings about like, hey, I'm I, trying, trying to work this out. Mm-hmm. So, hey... Track that everyone knows, but I had like no one ever suge- told me like, hey, hey, that's 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 pretty gay. I don't think it, it helps that I've never sort of sat down and listened to anything by the Buzzcocks. It's yeah. a they've been on things or somebody has played it somewhere. Yeah, and this is I want to listen to more of the Buzzcocks over the next week or so because um, this was very shortly before we recorded Quips. I've been explicitly looking for like uh, queer punk tracks. And this came up on the list and was like, hey, tracks you might not know are queer. Is this after my whole, I need to find some queer metal? Well, I mean, I've done this before, but you did remind me that I want to do this again. So I was like, queer punk, give me a list. And I was like, oh, oh, that's, oh, that track. I know that one. I'll give that a listen. It's a, it's a good track. It's not a track I can't, I can say that, like, I know it. But I can't say that I've ever like sat down and just listened to it properly, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is always nice to do. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of that with like tracks you heard just around as a kid. Yeah, because they sort of become like background tracks. Yeah, so once that like, because the thing with this is like, oh, it was a background track when I was growing up before I really paid attention to listening to what was playing mm. around me. Plus, it showed up in films in short snippets. Yeah, out of context. Yeah. Uh, the only other track I listened to was a new track by uh, Dessa, who is an artist Ooh. I quite enjoy. Yeah, you do. Uh, Life on Land is the name of the track. Um, interesting arrangement. It's got a very sort of steady rhythm to the piano track that um, that underpins it. But the sort of sung rap vocal line over it changes its rhythm frequently to sort of play in the space in quite interesting ways. Mm. Um, also... Lyrically, there is a suggestion at one point that it's from the perspective of a trans person. I don't know if Dessa is trans or not, but um, there there was definitely a very trans uh, lyrical turn in uh, toward the end that was interesting, and I want to I want to re-listen to the track knowing where it's going mm. in again at some point. It was a good track. I enjoyed it. Mm. Have you listened to anything else this week? Yeah, I listened to the actual final episode of Margaret's Garden. After last week, we're like, oh, I think I've listened to the last episode. Yeah, I got real, that this is the end of it vibes. 
I felt things had been wrapped up. Apparently, I, I had not twigged episode 10, which is weird because episode 10 was already out when we recorded last week. Um, so, yeah, uh, episode 10 of Margaret's Garden. That series is definitely over now. It's alright. It's, 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 it's an adventure that is worth listening to. It's weird in some interesting ways. As I've mentioned previously, there's the whole, you're gonna have to deal with a lot of the fact that the main antagonist is an entire town of white people. From the nineteen fifties, who, yeah. who who think that their their gated community in another dimension is the best thing? Yeah, it's not. No, especially not if you happen to be a native to another dimension. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, have you listened to anything else? No, that's it. Well, it's all for this. In a world of young people who are homosexual, some of whom were also trans. I'm queer and trans, yay! <laughs> In a world where everyone was just cool with that. Oh yeah, I really don't mind. I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm glad you've worked out who you are. That's lovely. In a world of tolerance and understanding. Oh, I'm so glad that everyone can just be who they are and have a lovely time being themselves without any prejudice. That's so lovely. In a world where black lives matter. I mean, yeah, yeah, they, they, they do. We really shouldn't water down that conversation by saying all lives matter. That just really dilutes an important conversation. Coming this summer, it's conservative Christian horror movie. All the worst things that could ever happen in a conservative Christian country. Ah! Ah, my pearls, my pearls. Next, you'll be saying that all cops are bastards. All cops are bastards. Oh, no. Coming this summer. Okay, come on in, come on in. Right. Uh, yes, uh, right, right. Uh, lovely, take a seat. Food. Uh, uh, Looks tasty. Uh, uh, I'm going to need other people to sit on it, though, so I'd rather you didn't eat it. Right. Okay, um, could you tell me uh, why you think you'd be a good fit for this job? I'm stealthy. Get through a window, I can. I mean, I did notice when you turned up to the appointment that you had, uh, you did climb through a window that you really shouldn't have been able to fit through. I couldn't quite work it out. Yeah. Live in it. I mean, I felt like there was some non-Euclidean geometry going on. Yeah, don't ask. <sighs> what do you um, think you could bring to this job? I get all the teeth. Y yeah. Yeah, I like teeth. I'm sure you do. You yeah. have a lot of them. Yeah, in this bag. Oh, I I was talking about your mouth. You have a lot of them, but yeah, you also have more. Yeah, there. I added a few. Road. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I, I I can see that. Um. You just push him in. They'll stick for for a while. Uh, do, do you have any prior experience in a similar role? Yeah, I got this bag of teeth. <laughs> I mean, I mean that would be prior experience, I suppose. Yeah. Um. Never uh, saw it coming. I didn't. Uh, mm. Didn't leave no money though. It, I assume you provide that. I mean, we do, but you you don't get to take them. Unless they've naturally happened to have fallen out and been pl placed for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's work time. Rest of the time. I mean, it's not going to be good for the public image if um you are doing freelance work alongside your uh, salaried role. What if I took the wings off when I was doing the rest of the work? I mean, I don't think that's going to change people recognising you. As they'll point out, no one sees me. Too fairy. Ninja. Um, we'll get in touch. 
You've got lovely teeth. Nice seeing you, bye. Security! Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. Right, Harry. Right, Barry. How you doing? Um. Yeah. 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 You? I mean, you know, same old, same old. Yeah. Saw some videos today of those uh, robot, uh, what was it, Boston Dynamics, those robot police dog things. Oh, the oh, they're so cute. They definitely won't be used for horrible things. Oh, isn't it so funny when we show videos of trying to kick them over and they stay on their feet? Ah. Defin- definitely not a horrifying vision of the fact you won't be able to kick them over when, you know, they're attacking you. Ugh. Yeah, and, you know, wasn't there that whole uh, Black Mirror episode involving yes, something there was indeed. very similar? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I've been watching videos because those have started uh, being deployed with police forces. They've started to show up on the streets in some cases. Yes, and uh, I mean, at this point, they do still seem to be being followed around at a distance of oh. about three feet by someone with a remote control, but still. Well, exactly. But, you know, doesn't change the fact that we are definitely working towards the autonomous future. And I think that it is very important for people to know, hypothetically, if something were going wrong and there were one of these, you know, doing you some harm, what you would do, hypothetically. Because all Robocops are bastards. All Robocops are bastards, even if they look like dogs. Uh, So... You know, hypothetically, you might want to keep your hands away from any of the pinch points on it, which would be... uh, Uh, According to this uh, hypothetical uh, schematic I'm looking at right now, the hip joints, the knee joints... Uh, all the shins. Yeah, there's good, some real pinch points around. Uh, mainly the hips and the and, 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 and then basically and the you don't want to touch any of the legs on it. You want to try and avoid that entirely. Avoid the motors, yeah. Indeed. Uh, you know the the main central body of it fairly safe. Uh, around the front of it, you should be able to find under the front of it a little handle, which if you pull, battery will just fall right out. Yeah, you've got you've got to get quite a ways under there, but uh, yeah, it certainly seems like that is entirely possible. Exactly, and you know, I'm not suggesting you know it is all hypothetical, but hypothetically, if one of these things was on top of you and quite heavy, and you were very distressed and needed to stop it from whatever it was doing, you could you know, if you're already underneath it, just go for the handle, maybe. Yeah, I would also, you know, suggest maybe spray paint over the cameras. Yeah, that'd help too. Yeah, you know, because someone's piloting it, you obviously want to make sure as much as possible that uh, it's uh, it, it can't get on with whatever it's doing. Exactly, exactly. The more you can disrupt this thing, either by stopping it from seeing what's going on or from hypothetically removing the battery from it, I think you'd be doing a public service. Oh, I'm, hypothetically, hundred percent, you would be doing a hypothetical public service, and you know, ultimately, uh, we all need to do our bit for, for the betterment of society. Because you know, yeah. if if cops are getting away with the kind of things they are now, imagine that what they could do with that kind of technology. Well, exactly. As soon as they start passing the blame round, going, "Oh, we don't know which of our officers was controlling the robot dog that uh, stamped on your face." You know, a lot of us had controllers could be done, mm, you know, new avenues for sort of protect for distancing cops from their actions. Yeah, you know, and you know, we've we've 
we've seen on the internet that as soon as you put someone in a in a state where they're not immediately facing the consequences of their actions that they do become more bold in being aggressive which or uh, un- generally unpleasant yeah and considering how the police as an institution already all that exactly imagine you know if if they if that was further gamified in the point of you've got a controller in their hands and a uh, a video camera in front of them and they're just getting on with uh, just brutalizing people remotely yeah yeah, so not only removing the battery, but certainly pillaging that for parts, making sure I mean, that it's hypothetically, 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 obviously, yeah, yeah, you know, mail it back to them in pieces, missing a few pieces, <laughs> and you know, stamped on, broken in every possible well, I way. I mean, that goes without saying, hypothetically. Yeah, in the same way that hypothetically, when you, if, if you happen to be some kind of hunt saboteur and you were the kind of person that went out and found like uh, animal traps around the place, that hypothetically you would smash those to crap. I'm suggesting that hypothetically you might do the same thing with a, a robotic uh, police officer of some yeah. sort, be that a, a dog or, you know... I can't imagine the other ones are far behind because they yeah. are already looking pretty good. Robocop cannot be more than a few decades away. I'm Probably sure. not. Well, we might not see them on the streets, but like we've already seen the Boston Dynamics, uh, the the bipedal ones. Oh god, yeah, you're right. Robocop is bloody coming. Yeah, he's coming. Ugh. Ugh. Virtual, mate. Virtual. Oh, oh, hopefully it won't be much longer. Oh, fingers crossed, you know. Hoping to get uh, hoping to get on the list for a jab soon. Yeah, you're not far off the list now. Yeah, well, we'll see. Well, oh, I think I'm gonna go for a nap, mate. That sounds like a plan. Well, sleep well. Yeah, you too. So Laura Yes. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K Buzz in all the places. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. TikTok, that's the one where I post little short videos. Uh, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I Twitch stream over on twitch.tv slash laurakbuzz at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. Every Friday on YouTube, I upload episodes of Accessibility, which is a show about accessibility and representation in the games industry. Every Monday, I do the captions and subtitles for the Jimquisition. Um, I've got books. Uncomfortable Labels. It's out now. It's about being autistic and trans. Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. It's a book about video game character butts with a bunch of pictures in it. Uh, Gender Euphoria comes out on June 10th, 2021. It is just a collection of non-cis people's positive gender-affirming real-life stories. Go check that out when it comes out. Uh, Children's book that doesn't have a finalised name yet. Coming along well. We're reaching out to artists. It's on its way. It's happening. Uh, other than that, there is podcasts. Uh, there is Pixel Squirt, where I tell you about video game character pornography. Uh, Podquisition, where we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. Um, there's Dice Funk, it's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Every season's its own self-contained story. I'm on seasons three through eight, so go check those out. Also, I'm on another show with you. With me. Yeah. Polyamory. It's a D&D 5th edition real play podcast with questionable morals. It's got some very fascinating characters who I love very much. And they're going on a big adventure to try and save the world. And they will they will have some things along the way. Oh, how they will. Things along the way. 
Waves suggest. Oh. Also, I make music under the name Bedroom Programmer. There's a separate SoundCloud for that. I've got a SoundCloud for this show that you're listening to right now. If you want to listen to that as a podcast rather than the video on Laura's YouTube. Uh, I've got a Facebook. Oh, we have a Facebook group. Uh, we've got a Discord. Uh, I, I read a bubble shop where I sell t-shirts that I have designed. StoneMonkeyRadio.blog where I write things mostly about board games. My review for... Cthulhu was Jewel. It, it was so bland, I nearly <laughs> forgot what I had reviewed. Uh, Cthulhu was Jewel uh, went up uh, on Friday. Check that out. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel. I'm on Twitter. I Twitch stream on Thursdays at 19.30 UK time. And I have a Patreon. That's the one that pays my bills for as little as a dollar a month. You can help me justify a 76-hour work week. Or, for uh, $10 a month, you can get early access to Queer and Pleasant Strangers and Polyarmory, usually on a Wednesday, whenever I've finished editing them. That is all my things. Streamerlinks.com slash Janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Patreon.com slash Radio. Laura, sing us out, please, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. Be a stranger.